a podcast where three veteran fangirls break down fan fiction culture one ship at a time. Every other week, we're going to discuss some of the hottest couples in recent fan fiction history, dissect different fandoms, and reveal each of our own guilty pleasures along the way. For this episode, we're going to talk about one of the most rich, maybe the most rich, universes in fan fiction history, and that is the Harry Potter series. Books and movies. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you know, before we get into like the the steamier aspects of things, I do think it's important to touch on the current state of the Harry Potter fandom in light of recent events. JK Gate. What do we call this? Like JK what's Gate? the name of the the scandal? I don't know. I don't even Rowling know if it has Gate. A name. Oh yeah. It's just JK Rowling being Open transphobia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just like brief background, like this summer, JK Rowling decided um, because everything was so calm, current events wise, that <laughs> now was the time to <laughs> reveal to the world that she is transphobic and a TERF. So uh, Harry everyone Potter- doesn't know, TERF means trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, which just means that J.K. Rowling explicitly does not include trans women in her feminism mm-hmm. um, amongst a bunch of other problematic things that I don't want to be explicit about for fear of triggering anyone. But that is to say, it is an incredibly transphobic ideology, an incredibly exclusionary ideology, and one that is not something that we among this podcast subscribe to whatsoever. Right. Respect trans women trans women rights, trans rights, black trans rights, all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So in light of her, let's call them comments, um, a lot of Harry Potter fans, I think, have been having a little bit of like a dilemma with her in terms of like, you know, the books were very formative for a whole generation right. of people. And, I th- you know, everyone's kind of trying to, like, find a way to go forward and still love the books and kind of, like, look at the books in a vacuum and pretend she doesn't exist, yeah. uh, which is an interesting quest. And sometimes I would say the quest that is central to fan fiction in general is taking the canon away from the author and doing something that you want with it instead. So in a way, Harry Potter fans have been kind of having this conversation for years. I think there there are a few plot points from the books that people didn't like that a lot of fan fiction and discussion amongst the fandom like kind of focuses on reversing or hating (laughs) so you know absolutely they said reclaiming my story and reclaiming exactly yeah it's definitely been the case sorry um it's definitely been the case that i mean grace you said it already fandom has has that reputation, has that intrinsic function of being a world outside of canon most of the time. And so Harry Potter being this humongous behemoth fandom space that it is, one of the biggest, if not the biggest communities of fandom, has certainly made it a lot easier to kind of divorce author from work, which there are a lot of conversations to be had about what that does and whether that is the appropriate way to handle when an author has committed or has done or said really atrocious things. Um, But it has no less been 
the primary reaction, I think, to both J.K. Rowling's transphobia, her racism, her homophobia, all of these things that have been issues with this world since it's been conceived, um, that fandom has largely worked to correct, at least in a lot of the communities within the Harry Potter fandom, I think. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't the first time that I would say J.K. Rowling has just pissed off people in general. I mean, definitely not. No, it's not. I mean, I think that like you know, post the post post Deathly Hallows, she came out and she said, I mean, now famously that Dumbledore is gay and like he was gay (laughs) in all the books, right? And it wasn't pertinent to the story, so we never heard about it. But, like, you know, if it were to be pertinent to the story, like, if it were to be a central plot point, then, like, of course, like, we would, Dumbledore would be explicitly gay. And I think people bristled at that because, you know, it's kind of like you want brownie points for being inclusive without, you know, putting putting that inclusivity into your canon. Like, you can read Mm -hmm. the Harry Potter books and think that Dumbledore's straight and, like, nothing is gonna, you know exactly uh, destroy that impression for you and then yeah. of course like the the fantastic beast movies came out <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is something <laughs> which is something we'd all like to forget but i was thinking about them the other day um and like grindelwald i, I mean i think grindelwald and dumbledore's relationship has been described like you know dumbledore was in love with grindelwald i think rowling has even said that like yeah. i think that's like that is why it was so hard for Dumbledore to defeat him in that duel. And that is the subtext. I mean, that like, that's, you know, that's in yeah. there. And so this would be a point where it would be pertinent to the Absolutely. plot to be like, hey, Dumbledore is in love with Grindelwald. And like, that's going to add drama to this whole showdown that is supposedly coming at the end of the, these five movies. And then in the movies, it's like, you know, they share like a fraternal bond. And I'm like, what? The, like, where is it then? Like, so I think <laughs> a lot of people are really frustrated um between what does you know what does and doesn't crop up in her work um I was just gonna say that it is very subtexty in the I guess the sequel I think is what we're on in Fantastic Beasts um but also one of the big like scandals that happened with J.K. Rowling at least within the last like two or so years was she she tweeted Something to the effect of, yes, Grindelwald and Dumbledore have an explicit sexual relationship. Um, And it was very much like, what? (laughs) Like, truly just dumbfounded the whole community. And it was such a strange attempt to kind of rally behind this, again, brownie point reach for inclusivity again, not putting it explicitly in the source material. So it was just a continued trend with this author that we see her trying to, like, grasp at straws that just aren't there, that she won't put there. Yeah, I mean, not to belabor the point, but another thing was when Cursed Child premiered and they cast a Black actress to play Hermione... She tweeted something again that was like, you know, and of course the vile people came out of the corners of the internet and were like, Hermione's white. Um, and J.K. Rowling was like, you know, in the books, like I never explicitly say that she's white. So she could be black. And I'm like, that's not enough, you know? Yeah. 
it's not enough and it's openly admitting that you're a bad writer. Like, yeah. you're like <laughs> okay, like, cool, let us know, I guess. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. So that so, is definitely a big thing that's kind of occupying space in the fandom right now. But we're also seeing kind of a renaissance of Harry Potter, especially on like TikTok. Skylar. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so literally ever since we started talking about just like over text, you know, like, hey, let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about on this podcast. TikTok does this funny thing where it reads all of my text messages like always. <laughs> and now everything on my For You page is just like people dressing up like, okay, like I'm in Slytherin now. And then it's like live, like role played fan fiction. Because there's fully text, like, on the video. So it's like, I am reading, I am digesting, but also I'm watching this person, like, have a fake hickey on their neck, or maybe not, I don't know, no judgment there. (laughs) And But, like, trying to play out as if, like, Draco, like, they're in class, and, like, the the professor's, like, what's that on your neck? And, like, Draco, there's, like, a a video of Draco just, like, sneering in a corner, and it's like, oh my god! Like... (laughs) Honestly, that? more power to you people. You know what? Good for you putting yourself in that in the that character's shoes. I you know that's, that's honestly fine. horny. That's <laughs> the next that is truly like we're witnessing, I'm calling it now like the evolution of fan fiction. Like fan fiction used to be just a written medium and like now it's jumping. Like now it's a whole ass like <laughs> these characters have just come alive. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like that type of TikTok, like that's something that people used to do, like by themselves. Yeah. And now it's okay. <laughs> now it's okay, I guess, to like film it and put it on TikTok. Like that's like that's avant garde. That's that's insane. insane. Yeah, or like the cute little like rating, like which Harry Potter character would be best in bed. I was like, oh, you know. Whatever you want to believe, truly reclaiming these characters away from J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Um, I know. Yeah, they do not belong to her anymore. (laughs) I know. I think, like, we talked about this in, like, our, in the first episode. But, like, there's definitely two dimensions to fanfiction where, like, you, like, some fanfiction I think genuinely is it's, like, this reshaping of the canon or this adding of representation that's not there or, like, you know, sometimes just writing, like, really interesting alternate universe stories are really interesting it changes to canon that you know are genuinely like thought out and plotted and interesting um and some of it's just like just horny and so i think that <laughs> so, if you want to be, <laughs> so if we're talking about the first dimension the prior dimension it's like i think um a big subgenre of harry potter fan fiction that's an example of that is like there's a lot of fanfic or just like fan it in general about the Marauders era. So the era um, when James Potter was going to school mm-hmm. and it's about like James Remus, Sirius and Wormtail. Um, and I think that like so much fan fiction has been written about that because it's one of the areas that JK Rowling like hasn't really like we know we know about it from the the main series, mm-hmm. but like she's never written a Marauders spinoff or anything. So we really like you know, fans have kind of shaped shaped that era mm-hmm. in a way that's really interesting. Uh, but a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction is just also like people wanting to fuck Draco Malfoy. Yeah. I'll say it. <laughs> I will say it. So it's much. So of, true. It's people so are true. nuts for Draco. I, yeah. Which I like, well, want to get, get their nut for Draco. Ew. Is what I'm, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm just like okay. 
basic bitches like say they're in Slytherin, even they're the even though they're like <laughs> just because they want to fuck Draco. Like you're not actually in Slytherin. I'll say it. You're in Hufflepuff. Okay. I you're knew I was Slytherin. like, Grace, are you gonna go there? Are you gonna go <laughs> out the Hufflepuffs? Oh really? my god! Don't cancel Hufflepuffs. Us. Hufflepuffs will like litter one time, and they're like, I'm in Slytherin. Like Draco, be my daddy. And I'm like, no, no, sis. Um. That ain't I'm in Ravenclaw, it. by the way. Yeah, I'm in Hufflepuffs. Oh that God. felt like a direct Wait. call out, but oh, it's fine. You, Wait, are you, you really? Uh, who's surprised? Not. No, not, you're right. Thank you. I'm not surprised. You're not. Skylar is like <laughs> so. Skylar is so nice. It makes me feel bad about myself. It's true. It's <laughs> but I am. I just... always tell Grace that I'm not, though. And then she's like, "You need to shut up." No, yeah, you are. So that is that was a direct call out. I'm just saying. No, it's true. No, Skylar, it's so interesting. This is a diversion from the matter at hand, but Skylar, to get to know us better, is one of the nicest, sweetest people you'll ever meet oh in your my life. God. She's also one of the coolest people you'll ever meet in your life. So it's very confusing at first because it's like, you're so cool. What are you being fake? Are you mean? And no, is the answer. It's just not it's the true. case. And Skylar that's why has I read boy band this- fan fiction. Skylar she has cool enough music taste that she could be a bitch and get away with it yes oh easy but she's not oh no that is leading me though into do we want to talk about my immortal yes yeah. the Wait, time and I place need to throw in that i'm gryffindor so we have full diversity full representation podcast Okay, now yeah, we can like, move on. And now we can talk about my immortal. Because speaking <laughs> of the music taste that shaped me as a child, I'm just obsessed with the fact that they went to concerts in my immortal, but they chose <laughs> Good Charlotte and My Chemical Romance. Listen, don't come for MCR. Don't come for MCR. Oh, I'm I'm fully into Gerard Way as Voldemort. Fully yeah. into it. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> wasn't Gerard Way? Wait, no, this is actually a point to come back to next week. Um, Don't forget, but Gerard Way was who Stephanie Meyer ideally wanted to cast as Edward in Twilight. What? I'm in shock. Oh yes. my God. Okay. I'm glad she, she did not do that. <laughs> I read on her website, actually, that another person that she really wanted was Henry Cavill. Like, apparently she yes. really wanted Henry Cavill yes. to be Edward, but she was like... Alas, like he's too old to play Edward now. And I'm so glad it wasn't Henry Cavill, because yeah. like I don't think Henry Cavill can act at all. Oh. That's my hot take. <laughs> hot take. That is a hot I'll take. I'll say it. I'll say hot it. Take. He his this is so not about fan fiction, but <laughs> Henry Cavill, the most wooden delivery you've ever seen in your life. I thought you like, were gonna stop at wooden. No. <laughs> I was like, uh well, <laughs> No, 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 stop. Wooden is like a phrase that people use to describe like uh, acting that's uh, stilted, stilted or still. We know, but we thought you were just, you just stop like it end it there. Mean, why, why would I say Henry Cavill is the most wooden, period? Why Listen, would I say that? I wouldn't put it best you. I feel like, wow, so profound. Is that how I speak? I don't speak like that. <laughs> Listen, I'm just glad Henry Cavill wasn't Edward. That's all I'm going to say, because I would have been so not into it. Anyway. Okay, anyway, My Immortal. I feel like we should probably, yeah, explain this a little bit. Okay, for listeners who don't know, My Immortal is a semi-infamous fan fiction about um, 
like an original character who goes mm. to Hogwarts and it's so badly written that it's been immortalized in fandom history. Like people sell t-shirts with like the entire, like the intro of my immortal oh my on God. it. Like yeah. it's yes. kind of, let's yeah. For our birthday, my girlfriend got a fully bound novelized oh, yeah. <laughs> printed version of my immortal and she still has it. So that's just to and give that's you an iconic. idea. Yeah, and that's like it. People can buy that. You can buy it right now. You, it's my immortal is, it is the strangest phenomenon I have of any media ever that I have yeah. ever encountered because it's this notoriously poorly written fanfic that has is very. I don't even know if it you would call it divisive anymore. I think all of us in this fandom are just like. Yeah, my immortal is that's us. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I have the intro of my immortal up. I feel like I could I'm gonna do a yes. dramatic reading right okay, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm in favor. Okay. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way, and I have long ebony black hair. That's how I got my name. With purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. Parentheses. Author's note. If you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. End parentheses. <laughs> I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch, and I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, where I'm in the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I wear mostly black. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today, <laughs> I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. This is so, this is the most description I've ever That's a style. That's a look. Okay. <laughs> It's literally, like, so many words before anything happens. Uh, I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, which I was very happy about. <laughs> A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my mingle f middle finger at them. <laughs> hey, Ebony. Quote. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my middle finger at them. <laughs> I, I, I like the say author's note. Hit us with it. What is it? I like the author's note telling us to, like, get the fuck out of here if we don't know who Amy is. <laughs> <laughs> like, Listen, I want to be very clear. My Immortal is not a safe space. No, it's not. Anybody. It is not, not, not. So many oh content God. warnings. So oh, yeah, many. Yeah, there are very many content warnings. It, yeah. It is. It's, like, we joke, but it's seriously. It's, it's poorly written, and it's also... It's 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 just bad. It's bad. They approach nothing well. No, nothing. It's no. so yeah. So this is really <laughs> definitely become kind of like a flagship fic for yeah. people who read fanfic. It's just like kind of an in joke. For, <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty true. hilarious. And my mortal is also interesting because there's a lot of speculation and contention around who yeah. originally wrote it. That is the big thing around this fic because it's got a lot of mystery around it. It's so bad, but there have been many people who have claimed that they wrote it because it has this status, this infamy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we even have conclusive answers as far as to who wrote it. 
It's but... like the Zodiac Killer. Like, that was the first thing I thought of. And you were like, we'll never know who wrote it. I was like, just like the letters from the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> my mind. Oh, my God. Wait, but have uh, you ever seen the Zodiac Killer and the author of My Immortal in the same room? No. Okay. Listen. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. The most dangerous yeah. game is love. Anyway. Um... <laughs> also, okay. I want to come back to the opening of My Immortal for a second. She goes, I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. Huh? What? A lot to unpack. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, a lot to unpack there. Definitely. Hmm? <laughs> Maybe she's saying because I would be hot. Because, you know, like, that she's like, if that's, I was related, then I would also that's be hot. Opti- that's, that's generous. I think generous reading. is a good word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's the opening paragraph. That's maybe, like, sentence three of yeah. this, like, you know, thousands and thousands of words. So long. Yes. Long when I say story. that my girlfriend has a novelized version of it, it is a book. It is fully printed. It is a book's length. It is not a short fic. I don't even know if I've read the entirety of this fanfic. I've tried many times. It's. I think if you tried to read the whole thing without taking any breaks, like your brain would melt. It would just fall out of your head. Yeah. Through your ears. It would be disastrous. But, <laughs> but I yeah. would still rather read My Immortal than J.K. Rowling's essay trying to justify why she's transphobic. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Very. Yeah. Yes. Mm. The Excellent. question, though, is definitely, are you a goth or a prep? I think it's it's notable to say that goth in this book, I'll call it a book, whatever, is spelled G-O-F-F. <laughs> F-F, yes, goth. Goth. Okay, yes. don't Important like that to at know. all. She's yeah, a goth. Um, she's a goth. And this I, fic- No, I was this- just going to, to answer that question, I think we all want to be goths, but I need to put myself in my place. I'm a prep. I know this oh my about God. myself. All of us, this is not even a question. We're doing a, <laughs> we're doing a, we're podcast, doing a podcast about fan fiction. You, we are not goths. We can just end the sentence halfway through. We're doing yeah. a podcast. So <laughs> All right. <laughs> nobody nobody who's ever done a God, po- goddamn Zoom podcast is, is goth, okay? Is goth. <laughs> no cred there. Okay, Impossible. Yeah, fair, very fair. Okay. Okay. That's my immortal. We can now talk about yeah. some of the like actually we can say legitimate with quotation marks yeah. Harry Potter <laughs> fan fiction that's out there. Um what are some of the most popular pairings you guys? Well, of the list that we've curated for you all, we have about 5 notable pairings that I think are worth discussing. The first, Dreary which is, of course, Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter. It is likely the most popular ship in the fandom, um, which is surprising because I have still had conversations with people in my adult life where I'll be like, yeah, people ship Draco and Harry together. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Which is, that's that's wild. That's wild and crazy. Um, Next, we have Dramini. Similar dynamic, Draco and Hermione, of that hate to love, that tension. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, we have Wolfstar, which is Sirius Black and Remus Lupin. 
Um, which comes back to Grace's point earlier about how fandom has really shaped the Marauders era because this is an incredibly popular ship in the fandom and it comes directly out of that time. Um, also, a lot of it is, you know, revisionist. So everybody everybody was wrought with grief when Sirius and Ramus died. So mm-hmm. wait, does Ramus die? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just <laughs> making sure. Fact check myself. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so a lot of it is, you know, um, just kind of AUs all around as far as if they had lived. Um, and that always connects Harry to that story and what his life would have looked like with a father figure. Obviously, that wasn't abusive and taking advantage of him at every turn. Um, next we have Neville and Luna, um, which I think is canon in the films, but not in the books. Is yeah, that right? in, in the books, I'm really going to reveal myself here. Neville uh, ends up with, I think, Hannah Abbott, who's like a random mm-hmm. Hufflepuff girl that pops up throughout the books. And I think is also good at herbology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the more you know. And then <laughs> Luna ends up with oof, Rolf's commander. I think his name is Rolf, uh, who is like distantly related to Newt. Newt's commander of Eddie Redmayne fame. So yes, excellent. that's what happens in the books. But I'm pretty sure like people kind of liked Neville and Luna together. And I think yeah. the 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 movie people kind of got a hold of that. And we're like, well, it's easier for them to like end up with each other. That's, you know, sweet and everything than to like put them with uh a couple of randos like in the epilogue scene. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it would have been hard to use those characters anyway, because so much of the book didn't even make it into the movies. Important stuff from the books didn't even make it into the movies, much less these characters that they're supposed to be along the way. Um, so I yeah. think it was just a, a solid move all around. And honestly, I love Neville Luna as a pairing. I think it's very, very sweet. Just like very wholesome. Yeah. I just want Luna to be happy. Yes. Throughout the entire I should series. With happiness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, Luna's the best. She is. And, you know, a nice, sweet pairing to a nice, disgusting, foul, awful pairing. I'm sorry <gasps> if you ship this pair. I need you to know you don't have my respect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the last pairing on our list is Snape and Harry, which is foul. very upsetting to me. <laughs> And the thing is, you, many people maybe haven't, aren't aware that this is a popular pairing. It unfortunately is. Mm-hmm. And to to the point of this being a popular pairing, when I, I, before I transferred to Cal, I took a gender and sexuality, <clears throat> gender, race, and sexuality in literature and film course, and we had a fan fiction section. Um, go OCC, shout out to Karen Feltz. Um, <laughs> and... One of the fics, the first one that I think she showed us was a Snape Harry fic. And I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. In my academia? <laughs> no. <laughs> Livid. Okay. Um, Snape and Harry is foul in a number of ways. Yeah. First of all, in the last book, even if you're being the most generous, in the last book, Harry is 17. Mm. So, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, abound. Truly. Also, I just don't understand the mental leap as a reader to be like, well, Snape was in love with Harry's mom. So, 
Well, that's me then. You know, transitive property. <laughs> oh, you know, Lord. <laughs> I just. It's too much for me. That new math. It's just Truly too much. That new math. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Hmm. Um of the uh pairings that we've listed, if you go, so we've talked a little bit about archive of our own AO3 as it is commonly and affectionately known, has a lot of options to filter your searches for fan fiction. One that is very popular amongst we three ladies is to sort by kudos, um which is basically the equivalent of likes. Um so we did that for all of the fandoms that we've listed. And it's kind of interesting to see the way that the fanfics match up, the most popular fanfics in the fandoms match up to our expectations. So for Dreary, the most popular fanfiction in that fandom on AO3, sorted by kudos, is Then Comes a Mist and a Weeping Rain by Faith Wood. Faith Wood is a giant in the Dreary fandom. She has written prolifically and beautifully and this is such a delightful fic um very very cute you can find all these on ao3 um our next pairing dramine draco (laughs) and hermione um the most popular fan fiction is all you want um which is written by (laughs) sen lin yu and much to our dismay is an omega verse fic grace I need you to explain yes. <laughs> what that the means. world needs this. <laughs> okay, so of course I get to explain this. Um, <laughs> okay. You guys owe me big time. So... <laughs> Omega first. <laughs> oh god, I can't. Okay. We can help. We can help. No. I'm a strong woman. Okay. <laughs> Omega first. Hashtag is... girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Omegaverse is a set, I'll call it a set of uh, tropes slash like in universe rules and fan fiction. Uh, Omegaverse means that, okay, so I think it's like Omegaverse comes from like werewolf lore. So not all the characters are werewolves necessarily, but what translates from werewolf lore is that in Omegaverse, characters have designations. So your there's alpha, <laughs> beta, <laughs> and omega. And alpha roughly is like the dominant role. Uh, beta's kind of like in the middle. <laughs> and um, omega's like the submissive, more feminine role. Um, and uh, so omegas <laughs> go into heat, which means that they like... Like the, <laughs> what Grace is trying to say is they have sex. They have a lot of sex. Well, the, the whole thing is like they like you have like an uncontrollable desire to like be bred, basically, and the alphas do the breeding, and it's like this disgusting shit where like they have this uncontrollable desire to have sex with each other, and you can like scent each other. Like alphas can smell when an omega is in heat, like dogs, I guess, and. There is a, a lot of fan fiction out there that features those tropes. I, there's like a whole lawsuit going on right now in terms of like published Omega Verse okay, yeah. mm-hmm. books because Omega Verse uh, shares a lot of like not just the same like rules in terms of like the universe, but 
the same story beats. So it's like, you know, shy woman gets kidnapped by aggressive man and then, you know, he becomes her alpha or whatever. And like, there's just Mm -hmm. like a million books to that plot line. Um, And so I think there's a lawsuit going on right now in terms of like copyright. Like there, you know, people are arguing over like who copied that story from who, even though it's kind of interesting because like those story beats are kind of public domain. Like people who read Omegaverse regularly, like expect those things to happen. So that's an Mm -hmm. interesting saga in itself. Um, Absolutely. And it goes to show you the, the like, Again, we're going to come back to this time and time again on this podcast, but the scope of fandom, the the very real world implications and um, results of this very, very huge community. And when you see it becoming more commercially viable, which it has recently, I mean, the fact that this podcast exists is a testament to how much more commercially viable fandom has become. It's not uncommon to see these these fights over ownership of these very niche fandom things um so as silly and funny as omegaverse is i don't know if i would call it silly and funny as horny as omegaverse is um it is a huge part of fandom it is far extending beyond harry potter you can find an omegaverse fic in pretty much any fandom you look in um you can buy like an original Omegaverse romance novel on Amazon right now. Yes. Guaranteed. But anyway, 100%. Omegaverse crops up in every single fandom. Uh, so the most popular Draco and Hermione fic on AO3 is Omegaverse. What does that say? <laughs> so Draco, you know, know. Dr- Draco's our mysterious brooding alpha mm-hmm. and Hermione's are, you know, Omega. And so, you know, you can guess how it plays out. Right. I did read a chapter of it. Uh, I will be showering after this. <laughs> <laughs> so we will not yeah. be doing a dramatic reading of that. We will no, not be. <laughs> I, I absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um. So next we have Wolfstar, which again is Sirius Ramus. The most popular fic in that fandom is Text Talk by Meryl Worlds or Merly Worlds. Um. The Neville Luna's most popular fic, which is also a dreary fic, um, is called The Wolfpack by Draco Got Game. Um, and last <laughs> on our list, Snape Harry, Escaping the Paradox, written by Mary, um, which I think we will talk a little bit about. Yeah, okay, so if we're looking at the summary of this fic, okay, Harry's thrown back in time to 1971, has some choices to make. There is an author disclaimer saying, I think Harry and Severus are much happier with my version of things than they were with J.K. Rowling's, period, just saying. So, not pedophilic. I don't, like, Harry is the same age as yes. Snape in this fic. Okay. Which if we're talking, like, yeah. yeah. Like, Which if I would, yeah. I would honestly <laughs> argue, then, that this fic, like... Because it gives us the premise of Harry and Snape like being in school together, like would have the same appeal slash tone of just like a dreary fic. Like exactly. I think that like, um, I guess just like a quick note on Snape and Draco, um, in terms of the fandom's reaction to them. So like I th- like I think it's common in the Harry Potter fandom now to be like Snape actually sucked and like doesn't deserve like all of our sympathy. Just because he, like, was in love with Lily forever ago and then called her a slur and then abused her son for seven years. 
People are like, Snape was mm. an incel. Snape was an incel. <laughs> yeah. And that's common. Like the Harry Potter fandom is universally, not universally, obviously, but like there's a good chunk of the Harry Potter fandom where it's like, it's acceptable to like hate Snape um, and not want him to have this like sweeping redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people right. are like, Snape is the true hero of the Harry Potter series. And a lot of Harry Potter fans are like, that's a hard no. But for some reason, Everybody in the Harry Potter fandom, I would say, like, unreservedly kind of, like, loves Draco. And it's like, Draco deserved better. And Draco was only bad because his parents kind of, like, indoctrinated him into the whole, like, Death Eater ideology. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. But he's still got that dark mark tattoo. Yeah. Like, he's so, like, he called Hermione in my blood several times. But y'all are, like, happy go lucky about slide. that. Like, mm-hmm. I... It's fine. Like, I understand thinking Draco's hot. I understand it 100%. (laughs) But I just think we should, uh, we should, uh, give him some, some self, self examination there. Mm, Some critical thinking. (laughs) And I think the fact that, like, Dreary is, like, the number one, or if not one of the number one, pairings in this fandom is evidence to the fact that everybody is very pro draco very very pro draco and that is an excellent point that is an excellent point i get i get the i'm not like a dreary shipper myself but i get the appeal like throughout the books and movies like draco he teases harry a lot but also because he like pays attention to him all the time so you know i get it is there i get it Mm I was just going to say, it's interesting also how, like, in a lot of the Dreary fanfic, like, you get a lot of what Draco's actually thinking. Like, the author will try a lot of the time to, like, shape his thoughts rather than, like, his actions. So a lot of the fanfiction Mm -hmm. will show, like, a softer side of Draco and, like, how he's, like, really feeling about Harry and, like, all of the long mm-hmm. stairs and like the the our eyes yeah. meet sections like that you wouldn't get from the books or the movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of like Draco fan fiction also like this is a minor point, but I would argue that like in the books Draco is portrayed as like you know a git as Ron mm-hmm. would say, like kind of like yeah. all um all this pomposity, but not a lot of intelligence to back it up. But fanfic yeah. Draco is I would say almost always this kind of like secret intellectual like Like he's a very classic fanfic figure of like tortured white boy who's secretly sensitive and smart and everybody is like obsessed with that version of draco but like and i get it but if you read those books like i would not (laughs) say that draco is like this secret intellectual um no no you know whatever (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting, too, because a lot of, like, that is replicated across all of, uh, I think, many of the pairings that involve uh, Draco in the yeah. fandom. But particularly with Dreary, it's interesting because they, it's not so much a secret that he's smart. He is almost always excellent at potions. That is something that has been consistent in every, almost every Dreary fic I've read that centers around their time in school or even afterwards. Draco's really good at potions. And in others he's very he's so smart to the point where he's directly in competition with Hermione and Mm -hmm. that garners respect for her to him and makes the segue into them them having some sort of relationship a lot easier almost always Hermione is the first 
to accept that Draco is in Harry's life in a romantic capacity in dreary fanfic. Yeah. Um, which is outing myself as a dreary shipper, and I don't care. <laughs> you all know yeah, I got that gay shit, myself. so this isn't a surprise. <laughs> I also, I, I had a lot of friends when I was a teenager who, like, were Dramini shippers, and, like, from talking to them, like, I think Draco being, like, as smart as Dramini plays a huge role in, like, that fanfiction as well. Yeah. Just in terms of, like, usually the Dramini, like, whole thing is, like, Draco's the only one smart enough to kind of, like, check her, Mm-hmm. And that's the argument in all of those fics. Like, in every Dramione fic, like, Ron is the oafiest yeah. <laughs> oaf ever. And there's this really dramatic contrast made between, like, sleek, smart Draco and, like, you know, bumbling, stupidest person ever, Ron. Which, <laughs> oh, don't no. do him like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I don't think <laughs> that about him. I'm saying that they write, they write him that way in the fan yeah. fic. I have a whole Ron Weasley thesis. Like, I... <laughs> yes. He's my favorite Harry Potter yeah. character. So I really don't, I don't really, I really hate Dramione actually. Cause I'm just yeah. like, let's like, he called, like he bullied her and called her a yeah. mudblood and talks about like her being dirty. Cause she doesn't have yeah. wizarding blood. Like, I don't think she's like dying to fuck him. Like, yeah, no, it's a no it's from a no me. me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but th- that's what those fics are like, uh, generally. So what are all of our favorite pairings? Let's jump there. What are you thinking? I've already mentioned Dreary's my number one. What I what is also- the appeal of them for you? Yes. I need to know. I want to know. <laughs> well, it comes back to the hate to love thing, right? Like I love yes. a hate to love story, and I have not encountered any fandom that does it as well as Dreary. Because probably it's such a huge fandom. Um, there are certainly hate to love stories that are probably better. Um, shout out to Kylux. I don't know if you know about that, Grace. Yes, I do. That <laughs> is another one where yes. it is that hate to love. That's Kylo Ren and General Hux. Is that his name? Yeah, Armitage yeah. Hux. Armitage Hux. They pair them together. So it's like, you know, hate to love is also something that's replicated across fandom. Um, but I really love the, I, I don't, I really couldn't tell you. I couldn't pinpoint what it is about Dreary that is like, makes him my OTP, actually. Dreary is 100% the fandom that I keep coming... Fandom pairing. That I keep coming back to that's, like, comfort for me. Like, if I want to get... If I'll take long stints away from fanfiction and come back, I always start again with Dreary. Um, It's just familiar. And I think that there's a lot... There's a lot of that potential that we've been talking about for fandom to kind of take the reins and do whatever they want and that's something that i see a lot with uh dreary um where you just have these this wealth of different ways all the different ways that these two characters get together it's just really fascinating to me i think the most recent one that i read one of the ones that i've bookmarked on my ao3 was looking um is called hermione granger's hogwarts crammer for delinquents on the run by Wasp Pobby. Um, and it is such a delightful fanfic. It basically, the the description is, you're a wizard, Harry, is easier to hear from a half giant when you're 11 rather than some kids on a tube platform when you're 17 and late for work. So this fic centers on Harry finding out that he's a wizard much later in the game. Um, and Draco, Hermione, and Ron are all the people who come to his rescue, essentially. And I just think that's so interesting. Like, 
to reconfigure the story in that way. And that that happens a lot with Jury that I really, I just really enjoy the yeah. scope of creativity in that, in that pairing, for sure. I guess if we're going through our favorite pairings, I already kind of outed myself. This is maybe kind of vanilla and basic of me, but my favorite pairing is a canon pairing and it's Ron and Hermione. Yes. Like I, I mean, they were the first couple that I just remember like, aggressively wanting to get them together like when I was first reading the books as a kid like I remember reading Goblet of Fire um because in the Goblet of Fire book of course is when they have their whole tiff about Victor Crumb asking Hermione to the Yule Ball Mm -hmm. and Ron is jealous but he doesn't know that he's jealous yet Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and they kind of have their whole little thing and that was the first time that I really was like whoa um And so I just remember, I like, I wanted them to get together so bad. And I think they are still like, I don't really read fan fiction for them necessarily, but like, I still think they're like a perfect couple. And it's so weird to me because it's like in the years and years since Deathly Hallows came out and they like had their kiss and ended up together. Like even JK Rowling has come out and been like, yeah, like maybe I wouldn't put Ron and Hermione together. Uh, if I were to like go back, like maybe I would do like she said that the plan was like Hermione and Fred or like, you know, I think, you know, Harry and Hermione has been floated. Like people were like, oh, like Ron and Hermione, like there's been this kind of like, you know, resurgence of like thinking Ron and Hermione shouldn't have ended up together. And to that, I say garbage. Ron and Hermione. Taste. If we're talking about someone who like can provide a good like balance to Hermione, mm-hmm. like someone who can check her or whatever, like Ron is that person because he's so funny and he doesn't put up with like her worser tendencies and they bicker a lot, uh, which is just flirting for them. And, you know, a point from the books, Ron is, they made Ron purely comic relief in the movies and Ron is much more compassionate and smart mm-hmm. in the books. So like mm-hmm. at the end of the first one, like at the end of the first movie, like Hermione is the one who basically like figures out the devil's snare for them. But in right. the book, you know, Hermione's freaking out. And Ron reminds her, like, I forget what exactly it is, but Ron is like, you're a witch. Like, what are you doing? And, like, tells mm-hmm. her how to get them out and, like, uses common sense to get them out of the devil's snare. And then let's not forget Ron's skill with wizard's chess. Ron beats Hermione at wizard's chess. He's, like, the only That's person right. who can beat her at wizard's chess. Okay, so work. Ron is smart. Ron mm-hmm. is caring. Ron is not a wizard racist like Draco. So i i i loved ron as a kid i still think rupert grant is cute like i think i'm the <laughs> so only handsome. person on earth i think i'm the only person no. on earth who's like yeah like rupert no grant queen grant is cute. he's so good yeah. <laughs> um and i love ron and hermione i don't think they necessarily had that much chemistry in the in the movies not to shade the actors i think they just like didn't i just don't think it was there mm-hmm. um but in the books like they're really well developed and i was so mad when jk came out and was like Eh, maybe not like no yeah they're <laughs> already hands. know she has poor taste yeah so. yeah, yeah she's been canceled mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah i just think that like yeah. sh- okay short and sweet though like the sweet couples of harry potter are like my favorites like i do i am a mm-hmm. neville luna shipper like they're both yes. just like absolute underdog sweethearts throughout the whole series and i just want them to be happy and i want them to be happy together yeah. you know Yes. Both saviors in their own ways. Like, I just think that they're a cute couple. That's Mm -hmm. my reasoning. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy when they ended up together in the movies. That was, like, one book-to-movie change that I was, like, yeah. They also just look cute. It's good. Like, side to side, that's a good-looking couple. Like, 
precious. It's true. Yeah. It's also like, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, Neville and Luna is also one of the most common configurations of a pairing amongst like a lot of the fandom. Like even if the main pairing is like whoever they are, so long as it doesn't include either of them, a lot of the time they're like in there as a side pairing ended up together. And I just love that. I think a lot of us agree that it's just a delightful little pairing. I'm I'm a Neville Luna shipper. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I'm also a Ron Hermione shipper. Like, how can you not be? Yeah, That's we just... Are. I just this love friends Hermione. to lovers. I yes. love friends to lovers. And I think it's literally because of Ron and Hermione. Yes. Like, that was, like, the blueprint. Oh, my God. They're just the best. Yeah. Like, they're so cute. Also, their kiss in the book is better than the way, (laughs) whatever, is better than the way they did the kiss. (laughs) I'm like, maybe this is too much of a digression, but I don't care. But like Ron and Hermione's kiss in the book is so much better than the kiss in the movies. Like the kiss in the movies is like Ron, like they like stab the, um, the diary with the basket of spang. And then they kiss in the chamber of secrets with that like dingy ass background. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but like in the book, it's iconic because Ron is like, we have to like, like we can't just leave the house elves here like we have to help the house elves which like signals his evolution because he used to make fun of hermione for wanting to help the house elves and then ron mm-hmm. kind of like hermione kind of like pauses and then runs at him and he catches her and they like start kissing in the middle of the battle like Aww. that yes that like romance. that is a moment like why was that not in the books like literally sorry why was that not in the movie like in the movie they don't even say anything they just like start kissing there's no oh i can't yeah yeah, um, no, I completely agree. That sounds amazing. I'm I'm so upset. We were deprived. Hermione dirty. I know. I know. They were so good. Anyways. But speaking of Ron and Hermione, <laughs> who we love, how do we feel about the other canon couples? Harry, Jenny, um who, who else? This is okay, there's like Harry and Jenny. Draco ends up with like some random like Slytherin woman. Is it um, Millicent? Does he end up with Millicent Bulstrode? No, no, no. So okay. In the books, like, he's always flirting with Pansy Parkinson at school, but he mm. ends up with, I can't believe I know this, he ends up with Astoria Greengrass. Yes! Yeah. Don't, literally, how did I know that? But, yeah, that's who he ends up with, like, mm-hmm. on, um, right. in the epilogue scene in Nine and Three Quarters. Right, right. Um, okay, Harry and Jenny, yet another case for me of, like, The most egregious thing, honestly, maybe that the movies messed up because like the movies kind of give barely any time to Harry Mm -hmm. and Ginny. And I also Mm -hmm. think that those actors just like didn't have chemistry. Right. So it's very hard to see like why they would end up together. Like they tried, Mm -hmm. but kind of, but it just wasn't it didn't work. But like in the books, especially because it's like from Harry's point of view, like we hear, and because we have more space, like, we hear all throughout, like, especially book six, like, how much Harry's pining for Ginny when mm-hmm. she's dating Dean Thomas. And Ginny also has much more of a personality in the books. Like, she's very... Right. That's what I've heard. Strong-willed. And, like, she she's really good at Quidditch, and she's smart and feisty and all that, all those things. So it makes more sense why she would be a good match for Harry. And also in the books, I think they have this moment where like, um, I think in book five, like when Harry's really worried about like Voldemort being inside his head and like having dreams or whatever. Um, Ginny is like, well, you're not the only one. Like you're like, I've been possessed by Voldemort, like in chamber of secrets. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like 
bond oh, over that shared trauma, yeah. you know, that makes shared sense. trauma is a hell of a drug. So like <laughs> it, it makes so much more sense in the books. And it's also just kind of a perfect bow tie ending because like Harry ends up, you know, Harry and Hermione both end up as members of the Weasley family and they're all yeah. family and it's kind of perfect. Um, but the movie's really beefed to that mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I like Harry and Ginny, but in it just didn't um, didn't translate no. on yeah, screen. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like I had very many opinions about Harry and Ginny actually at all. I thought I think the point about them not having much chemistry is very mm-hmm. very true to form. Um, but yeah, they, they're kind of a the just adjust their pairing in the films, which is all my only. I mean, the fandom, my only exposure to the yeah. Harry Potter universe. So. Yeah, it's sad to hear that that some of the miscarriages of the source material in translation to the film, because, you know, I don't know why I'm saying that. Guess what? The books are there. I could fully read them. <laughs> it's an option. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, there are probably more canon like pairings, but I think those are like the ones, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, if you think Harry and Hermione should have ended up together instead of Ron and Hermione, like, get out of my face. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Again, you don't have our respect. No. I'll say I it. I mean, whatever. Like, it's like, who cares? But also, you're incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an episode, ladies. We really yeah, tackled was- a lot. That was a really rich episode. We learned. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to get to Omegaverse in episode two. No. Um, Who could have seen that coming? Who could have seen that coming fiction? in a fic? I mean, we didn't even I see mean, it coming oh. until we looked it up. <laughs> like, which, which one was the most in popular? Hind- <laughs> in hindsight, it makes sense that there would be Dramione fix set in yeah. Omegaverse. Like, it makes sense. It's just, I feel very scarred that I just, that I'm going to be recording <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be recorded as explaining Omegaverse like for the rest of my life, so it's fine. Uh <laughs> all right. That was an outstanding episode. We hope that you learned something about the Harry Potter fanfiction universe. Um I'm so sorry if you didn't know what Omegaverse was and you now do. <laughs> You're never going to return to a point in your never. life where you hadn't heard of Omegaverse, yeah. and I apologize for making that happen for you. Um <laughs> But onwards and upwards, friends. So that is it for this week. Next time, we're going to be discussing a very popular franchise. Say one it, that's Grace. Ex- one that's experiencing somewhat of a renaissance right now. Say it out loud, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about vampires. It's set in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know what it is. That's next time. That's what we're going to be discussing. Um, until then, I've been Grace. I've been Skylar. I've been Arion. And this is your OT3 on OTP. Signing off. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.